<laughs> and uh, on this week's show, we're talking all things Monza. We get what? in Monza. <laughs> Uh, what? I'm still living you were so it. good! And um, this week on Rear of the Grid, um, we thought Lando Norris had the biggest fuck up of the week. <laughs> it was actually uh, uh, <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Rear of the Grid. As always, I'm your host, Matt, joined as ever by my good friend, Jashan. Aye, aye, Captain. If you are ever interested in a fun craft beer, come down to Near and Far this Friday for our Halloween party. You might be able to get a little pot of our Fierce by Nature Cross Siren Craft Brew collab. It's a dry hopped farmhouse ale with hibiscus. I'm fucking near and for your boss paying us for this free plug. I've, I've got I've signed my new contract and I'm in charge of socials now, so we gotta we gotta play to the audience. <laughs> you need to be less Sergio Perez, more Max Verstappen. But I'm not super. Seriously, we're on fucking Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast, Google Podcasts, but not Deezer. Fucking Deezer. Uh, and on this week's show. A uh, prodigy arrives. Jashan is mad that we're not on Deezer. Mm-hmm. And what the fuck is a kilometer? All that and more on this another episode of Rear of the Grid. Here we are back for another week in review of the US Grand Prix. And Jashan, if uh, I asked you to sum up the United States Grand Prix in 10 words or less, how would you do so? Howdy, partner. Interesting, interesting. Well, this is how I would sum it up. That's the entire United States Grand Prix. That's all we really need to talk Honestly, about. Honestly, the uh, biggest news story episode. to come out from the weekend is the fact that Logan Sargent confirmed that he does indeed know what a kilometer is. Know what a kilometer is? But the second biggest is the fact that he scored points, which is why yeah. I was like, oh, that meme's going in the fucking start of the show, and I'm probably going to mention what the fuck is a kilometer at least 20 more times this episode. I may even play the audio again. We'll wait and see. <laughs> um, but truly, truly a great day for what the fuck is a kilometer. Oh, um, I got Logan it. Sargent peeking up into the points and also mentioning i mean i'll be honest part of me uh as long as he still acknowledges and finds the meme funny but i don't know whether i like him going oh, i know what a kilometer is no embrace the meme logan <laughs> don't be like no i do actually know what a kilometer is no one wants that <laughs> buddy when we all started what the fuck is kilometering a sep sep kus as he was leading the vuelta he didn't go oh guys i do actually know what a kilometer is i've been racing in europe for 10 years no, he fucking won a stage, took the red jersey, and then posted his Strava file with a picture of the what the fuck is a kilometer man. <laughs> so cyclists have more of a sense of humor than F1 drivers? Yeah, that's what I'm taking. Well, I think what I'm taking away from that is possibly that Logan Sargent should be dropped for Liam Lawson because he's just not it. He's just not it. Yeah. He's just not it. I bet then again, scoring points um, would probably help his case to not get kicked out of the league. Oh, I mean, probably, probably will. Uh, this was a this was a big weekend for critical points for drivers. I would say there was a mm. it wasn't a good weekend of racing, 
But there's a lot of drivers who I think scored at the very least season defining, if not career like altering, saving, whatever points this weekend. You talking Yuki Tsunoda, bro? I'm talking Yuki Tsunoda, I'm talking Sergio Perez, I'm talking Logan Sargent. Fucking uh, oh mate, there was some there was some good Pierre stuff. Gasly so much better than Esteban Ocon. Let's start at the start. Qualifying also this was a sprint round. Um Was it? I, I don't remember the sprint. It's it's kinda of, it kinda of just went into my head and went out. We've we've had a couple of really good sprint like the 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 Silverstone sprint was a pretty banger from memory. Qatar was lit. Qatar well, Qatar was lit because Oscar won. Actually, it was a decent race. It as was well. a good race. Also, just because Oscar won. It was also a good race. Um, and one of the other ones, Belgium was pretty decent as well. Like we've been having good sprints for most of the season. Uh, this was more of a throwback to sprints of years gone by, where yeah. a bit like, what exactly is the point of this gimmick? Yes. It also ruined a few a few teams' weekends, Aston Martin in particular. Like, not having the two extra free practice sessions really fucked them, I think. Which, in fairness, is one of the cases for the sprint weekend. You've got one practice session, it's roll off the truck and get it right, and if you don't, well, sucks to be you. You don't need three hours to get it right. If you can't get it right in one hour, sucks to suck. Mm. I don't know whether I necessarily agree with that, but that is one of the arguments for it. It makes it more raw, more real. Yeah. It's, you know, raw sauce. Can you roll it straight out? And get it out, yeah. It also you, you see some teams who are who play who just play it safe, like Red Bull, for example. They had Max's ride height much higher compared to some of the competitors to deal with the bumps of Cota, which you know made made the the race for the win a little bit more interesting than usual. Max still won, but sounds won. like a Buddy George R R Martin book or something. The bumps of Cota. The bumps of Cota. <laughs> like the winds of winter. The bumps of Cota. <laughs> Honestly, when are we getting a high fantasy take on the Formula One comp- competition? Yeah, that's actually his um, previously unannounced seventh book that he's mm. not going to ever write because he'll die before he finishes them. But, like, he's going to need more than six books to wrap this all up. So that's actually his unannounced seventh books is The Bumps of Conan. Honestly, I think he's already he, he dead. Because he introduces so many new characters. So, like, I would not be surprised if all of a sudden half the Formula One grid just existed in the Game of Thrones universe and, like, the F1 championship was canon. Yeah. You just never know with old Georgie boy. Old Georgie boy. Who's who's the bit of George? George Russell or George R.R. Martin? George Columbaris. No! No! He doesn't pay his staff. No, no, I remember someone... I remember you saying on a fucking Four Man Wall episode or something that someone had told you, like, Damon yes. said or something... It wasn't actually George himself. It's just the rest of that. George didn't know about it. This is true. This is accurate. I did hear that. I had. I've heard that through the hospitality. But like George Golombaris like punches on at football matches. So fuck George Golombaris. Yeah, he's a, he's an ultra. He's a Melbourne Victory ultra. We can't stand by that. We can't abide that's by that's it. That's the worst kind of person. George was probably was George actually a bucket guy. <laughs> God. Is that too niche of a reference for a Formula One podcast? I don't think so. But regardless, this weekend, the better George was definitely anyone except George Russell, because George Russell's struggled in America. You know who else who struggled? Logan Sargent in qualifying. Mm. Dead last. But you know who else struggled even more? Aston Martin. We talked about that, like, Aston Martin is evolving backwards. Yep. Uh, and if you want to talk about rolling it off the truck and it not being any good and having no time to fix it, holy fuck. What a shit box of a car <laughs> for this weekend. 19th for Stroll. That's kind of come to be expected. But P17 for Fernando Alonso. Abysmal. 
absolutely abysmal considering where he was at the start of the season. Oh, yeah. And again, he attributed a lot of that to the lack of practice, being able to sort out their setup. Their setup was apparently shit. But also, like, you've just brought upgrades to the car. You don't want that to be happening. Same with Nico Hulkenberg. I'd, I'd say every time they've upgraded this season, the car has actually got worse. Yeah. I, I don't know what fucking wind tunnel they're using, but it's not working, Chief. <laughs> Uh, Hulkenberg also failed to make it out of Q1, um, despite Haas making upgrades to their car, which was a disappointment. Yep, uh, and Alex Albon, the other victim. Yes. It didn't look like Williams was going to have a great weekend at this point, 18th and 20th. No. Um. Sorted it out, though. You guys, you know what? You know who, you know who really let the team down in qualifying? Yuki Sonoda. Do you want to know why? Because if you look at the grid, going in reverse order, it was Williams-Aston, Williams-Aston. That it was Haas Alpha, Haas. But Yuki Sonoda had the audacity to beat both Alpha Romeo. <laughs> ruin, ruin the vibes. Oh, um, and it's for that reason that I want Yuki Sonoda gone from the sport. Because he's just not about the meme. Yeah. If you're not about the meme, you're not about the meme. It's a fair point. It's a fair point. He only, Yuki only missed out on Q3 by, I think it was like a thousandth of a, of a second. No, eighteen uh, thousandths. Uh, yeah, second. yeah, he was eighteen uh, hundredths. He was right. uh, Perez was a six seven nine, and Yuki was a six nine seven. There you go. Okay, that's brutal. So brutal for point Yuki. zero one eight away from eclipsing Perez there, which would have been a hell of a coup. Uh, in Q two, we lost Dr in fifteenth. K Mag, as you mentioned, obviously getting through ahead of Hulk. Uh, Bottas and Joe in 13th and 12th. And then, as we said, Yuki just missed out. Uh, Q3 wasn't a great weekend. Well, it wasn't even at this point. It's just, on the whole, not a good weekend for Oscar. Yeah. Uh, Car seemed to be working pretty good for Lando this weekend. It just, Oscar seemed to struggle with tyres in the sprint. Well, pace in qualifying, tyres in the sprint, uh, and then... Um, French people in the race. So you blame Esteban? You 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 blame Ocon for that contact? I have no idea. I've not. I honestly don't think <laughs> I've properly seen a replay of the incident. I'm not saying who was at fault. I'm just saying these are the three things that prove problematic for Oscar's weekend. Okay, for the for the love of God, can you please pronounce his name correctly? Okay, it's Esteban Ocon. <laughs> Isn't it Travis Kelsey? Oh, no, was that Gasly? No, Gasly came as Kelsey and Ocon came as Mahomes. Yeah, That's a new story that you probably got in there somewhere. Bloody, um... This is it. This is it. It's begun. This is, uh, after the whole, oh, dating Alonso thing. This is our gateway back into Taylor Swift. No! Her her boyfriend has bought into Alpine, (laughs) which means we now have an excuse to mention Travis Kelsey every week on this show. I know. Which means we have an excuse to mention Taylor Swift every week on this show. Which means you have an excuse to put her in the tags on every post we make. <laughs> Which means the numbers, they, they're going to go up, man. You can legitimately tag Taylor Swift in everything on fucking Instagram, Spotify, however all that works. But this is it. This is how we're going to cook. This is how we're going to cook. Oh, let Swifty Insert cook. Insert clip of Thierry Henry saying, he's cooking. I know what he's doing. He's cooking. Yes, he's cooking. Such a great pundit, Thierry Henry. Ah, he's fantastic. He's, he's no Micah Richards, but he is very good. That that just whole team. Is there a better trio in all of sports than uh, Henry, Jamie Carragher, and Micah Richards? No. Or even Quartet, throwing Kate Abdo as the host. It's such a good yeah, combination. Yeah, it's fire. It's fire. But this is not uh, a football podcast. Yes. 
It is not. Piastri down in. Tune in later in the week for a football podcast, though. Four-man wall. They're off to a good start to the season. Yes. Nice plug, bro. Nice plug. Uh, Very well will, uh Will the youngest debutant in A-League history be getting a mention on the show this week, do you reckon? Um, yeah, I'd say so. But I'm not going to spoil anything because I haven't done the prep yet. <laughs> oh, that's fair. <laughs> I already can't think what her name is, but shout out to the girl who broke Sam Kerr's record as the youngest A-League player in history. Yeah. Uh, yes, Oscar Piastri in P10, Perez as well, feeling the woes down in P9, mm. then the Alpine Juve, Ocon and Gasly. There we go, that's much better. <laughs> uh, should we just try and American the rest of the top 10? Please. Uh, in sixth position, sixth position, thanks to a uh, track limits penalty, right? He fucked up the final corner. Yes, the penultimate corner. Was uh, Max Verstappen. <laughs> Uh, I don't I don't have an American way of saying George Russell, but he was George. alive. Georgie boy. Carlos Sainz. Mm, nice, perfect. Uh, P4. I don't, again, Lewis is just too normal of a name. Uh, Lewis was P3. Then uh, we had Lando Norris and uh, Charles Leclerc. Lando Norris. Uh, You're Lando Norris. You're Lando Norris, That's man? good. I write that. I am a Lando Norris fan. Yeah, he's pretty good, is Lando. Uh, the fact Lando slowly won you back over is genuinely one of the sport's greatest miracles. But yeah, Charles McLaren Pole. And even if Max hadn't had the time DQ, Charles was right there with him. Yeah. Uh, Max had him slightly pipped to the post before the little penalty dropped him back down to P6. But it was honestly a surprisingly competitive session. So Max... Obviously, taking out Max's time, Max's next time, or even going all the way down, Gasly was within four tenths of, actually, but just over four tenths back to Ocon. Like, the whole, it actually paired, like, everyone except for Oscar. Oscar was seven tenths back. Everyone else from Perez up was basically no more than four and a bit tenths of a second behind Leclerc. Yeah. And if, yeah, with Max, Max's pole time, the top six was all separated by under three tenths. Basically two tenths between Leclerc and um, Sainz. It was, yeah, very, very spicy up the top. It was fire. Uh, which was good to see. Nice to give you a bit of false hope for the race, yeah. obviously. And obviously, you know, yeah, Max down in P6. Maybe a bit of, a bit of, roll on Saturday and just roll on forgettableness. And, oh, look, sprint qualifying. And Logan Sargent was also P20. <laughs> Why are you going to do him like this? <laughs> he just had his best weekend ever in uh, Formula 1. Yuki Sonoda. Okay, that's terrible. Valtteri Botas. <clears throat> He's not on the grid, but uh, Kimi Raikkonen. <laughs> For the love of Christ. That's always the best one. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Kimi Raikkonen. <laughs> yeah, Sonoda, Botas, K-Meg, and Hulkenberg. That was the five we lost in the first segment. Then we lost uh, Joe, Stroll, Ocon, Alonso, and Ricardo. Slightly better. Better day for um, Aston. Still not qualifying in the points, but better day. Um, yeah. Gasly up in P10. A weird turnaround. Obviously, we all had Sonoda something all the way down to 19. Fucking Albon qualified in the 10. Yeah. Don't know where that came from after Friday. Uh, then Perez, Sainz, Oscar much better up in P5. Lando, Hamilton, Leclerc, and Verstappen. And again, Leclerc only... Sixth um, hundreds, less than six hundredths of a second behind Verstappen and Hamilton inside of a tenth of a second, and Norris only on a tenth of a second, T- one tenth of a second between the top four. Yeah, crazy. 
Quality, I'd absolutely, it's obviously like that. I'd say absolutely all three cars have more or less caught up to the Red Bull in qualifying pace in that they're released now fast enough that if Max doesn't get the lap perfect, like, start of the season, you, I would have said, I think we would have said, like, Max could have not got the lap perfect. Like, there's every chance, I feel like, you know, five, six rounds ago, Max's DQ time, Max's drop-down time, after he lost his best lap in um, main race qualifying, yeah. still puts him on pole. Oh, absolutely. Whereas now, he has to get it right to put it on pole. If Max isn't flawless, the Ferrari and Mercedes and McLaren are all there over one lap mm. to be up with the Red Bull, which is good at least. At least it gives us more chance of slightly interesting starting grids. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it gives you a sort of interesting start to the race, in theory, with cars that can actually compete with each other. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, roll on the sprint. This was, out of all the races, Jashan, in history, this was one of them. Allegedly. It was a race, yeah. Can't confirm. I have exactly nothing to talk about from the sprint race. Do you have anything to talk about from the sprint race? Yeah, which was the better livery in your mind? The Red Bull American livery or the Haas American livery? Can I go for option C and just plead the fifth? <laughs> just go neither? I don't think either was that particularly special. I thought the Red Bull one was shit. Um, quite frankly. I think the Haas one was pretty shit as well. I didn't mind the Haas one. I didn't mind it. It wasn't as good as I when I first saw it. In a season where we've had McLaren drop like two two out of McLaren's dropped like three special liveries. Two out of the three have been absolute bangers. Mm. Bloody Williams is halfway through the season, switched to a fire livery for a while there. Alpine started the season as they like to do in their pink livery, which is low key hot as fuck. Yep. I think Ferrari's done at least one special livery. There's been a few around, and they've all been pretty high quality. Wanging a couple of fucking stars and <laughs> stripes a on your car stars. and that. <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to say wangling, and it just didn't really... No, no I liked wanging. It was a bit of a wang job. The Red Bull was definitely a wang job. <laughs> Painted in Wangarata, hey? Uh-huh. Andy Gibson yeah, on, the, on the paint job. <laughs> That's why Gibson... That's why Andy missed futsal last week. He was doing the Red Bull livery on paint.net. <laughs> Did you see Andy there like, oh yeah, so uh, American Red Bull, oh, we'll just chuck a couple of stars, chuck some stripe, bit of blue, bit of red, oh yeah, that's a that's an American livery, yeah, no worries. No worries, mate. <laughs> no worries, Cobba. Great stuff. Yeah, no, it's just not good liveries. I uh, just couldn't care for either of them. Hard. Um, Big fucking... It's hard to like any Red Bull livery until they're just fundamental. Uh, the, uh, the only way Red Bull is going to win me over, I think, is if they change from what has been the time-honoured Formula One sort of navy blue, if not purpley, base colour mm. that they also run over in supercars. If they come out next season with the base colour as DTM vibrant, like, ocean blue... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be on board. I've sh- like, I've showed you those old um, Red Bull Audis, right? You have, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Ekstrom's car. If they come out with that shade of blue as the Red Bull livery... I could get around that, I think. Could you get a little bit Just of wreck? It would be something, something. I wouldn't go that far because I still don't think it'll look anywhere near as good as most liveries on the grid. Right. I don't. I can't. I struggle to see how that. I just don't think Red Bulls are good. I mean. The, the, de- the Deep Navy Blue is just not a good livery full stop. And then I just don't think Red Bull is a good enough livery for a Formula One car because on an. I, I don't know. It's hard to say, like, on, on a block, on, like, a touring car, like, on a, a, a Soviet supercar, a DTM car or something, I don't mind. I think done right, a good, simple livery 
can look quite nice, like just like one color in that, because it's just I don't know. There's more car for it to just be like I don't know. This just looks like there's just something about an F1 car with all its fucking lines and angles. I just look. I think they look better. Several different things going on and like some different trim colors and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah different little highlights. Mercedes livery this year, or like McLaren's livery, or like the orange highlights on the Golf Williams, etc., etc. And like a base, just the base blue red bull like the audi used to have i don't think that would look that interesting and red bull in the current way they do it it's just not very pretty and it also just hasn't changed in well that's the thing you just need it's time for something fresh is the, is the point you gotta freshen it up drop some fresh ops in that bad boy i don't know i can't remember whether or not you liked it remember that the like the last year of toro ross or something like the first year we did this podcast where they actually came out they had silver red bull silver bulls on it and a blue background. I, blue I feel like my first year there was they were already Alpha Tower. Oh, maybe they were. Maybe mm. maybe yeah. there was a year year where there was that but there was a year maybe they did it as an Alpha Tower. I don't know. But there was a year where Toro Rosso ran it as like an actual like blue blue livery. And I don't know whether I loved it. But it was just nice that it was different. It was something different. Exactly right. A step away from the norm. That's it. Uh, so that's that's your entire talking point about the sprint race. Just what what car looked coolest of the two? Well, it, you had Carlos Sainz pull a George from Qatar and and try and do the soft strategy again. Didn't work. Maybe yeah, next time take work. some notes. What significantly worse than George's did? At least George. At least George had some logic in that it was a nighttime race. Yeah. This was in blazing Texas heat with we knew it was shitty tire life. Yeah. Well, exactly. It was, and a lot of a lot of teams made this mistake. You know, like, so th- this was the first one, and then Ferrari were like, you know what, let's do it again with Charles in the in the main race. Let's let's have him run a one-stop. Genius. Fucking idiots. Fucking idiots. It, was, it hasn't been talked about as much as it should be, I think, but the fact that they fucked it up in the sprint and then made essentially the same mistake in the main race is just impressively stupid from Ferrari. See, I've seen, I feel like I've seen a few, but I'm less bothered with that because, again, like, I don't know... It's that it's that double-edged sword of what would you prefer Ferrari do? Race to try and just bank the points and make sure they still finish P3 in the standings. Heck, maybe somehow push up and challenge Mercedes. Or would you like them to see throw a bit of caution to the wind and try to race to win? Because the only way they were beating Max is by running a one-stop. Yeah. It didn't work, but that was the only possible way they were going to beat Max. So they tried it. Obviously, um... Yeah, so that that's pretty much it from the sprint, by the way. I mean, no, nothing really happened. Yeah, otherwise. no, literally. Here's the here's the sprint. Max Verstappen won. Lewis, Charles, that was your podium. I wasn't a huge. George Russell pissed me off again because he went for a stupid overtake on Piastri, ended up off track, and then blamed Piastri for it. Um, I know I'm being biased, but that that he just needs to stop whining. Which I I vaguely remember that was that. Oh yeah, 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 the one. No, I do. The one where, yeah, the one where he went around the box, tried to go around the outside of the end of the back straight, and then like was nowhere, was barely up on Piastri's rear wheel, so he probably had almost no idea he was there. Oh but yeah. Piastri took the racing line and sort of ran George. Yeah. Oh no. As a George fan, obviously a Piastri fan as well. As a George fan, it was a hundred percent like, yeah, George, you were just calm down, like, I've got, I've got no. Again, I know you're that, and I know it's possible that, but. Every single, pretty much every driver on the grid saying the same thing there, and then the team goes, "Yeah, we're looking at it," and then it never gets talked again. And George doesn't come and complain about it after the race because he knows there was nothing to it. Yes, they all jump on the radio about that. Um, he did the but no, stuff. I was fully, I was fully, fully, fully in agreement. I was like, "Yeah," I took like one look at it. And I was like, "George, George, calm down, George, 
But it, you were, I, I like you were nowhere. But you were like, sure, you were alongside. You were alongside of him in air quotes. He was not alongside. Yeah. Oscar was a entitled to the fucking racing line corner there. Oh yeah. B don't even know if Oscar knew he was definitely there going around because he was so far behind. So yeah, nothing doing. That's the one. Norris, Perez, Sainz, Gasly, and Russell getting the last point. Albon just missing out. Mm. Piastri, who was in the points for a while, obviously signing P5. Uh, we mentioned Sainz on the well, Sainz on the softs managed to have better fucking tire life than Oscar did on the mediums. Oscar got off to a really slow start. He dropped like um, a fair few spots um, off the um, the first lap there. Yeah, he went from eighth to fifth. And I don't know, maybe, maybe... You mean fifth, fifth to eight? Sorry, yeah, fifth to eight, my bad. But he still, he still slid back towards the end. Like, he wasn't able to really defend against the likes of, I think, Gasly, Russell, Albon, I all remember overtaking yeah. various points. Yeah, ended up tenth, I think, in the end. Just wasn't there. And then, yeah, Ocon, Ricardo, Alonso, Sonoda moved forward a bit. That was nice for him. Hulk, Bottas, Joe, Magnussen, Logan Sargent was able to beat Lance Stroll, who DNF'd because... He retired. He is a Canadian in the US, and, you know, he can't be allowed to finish in an American race. Hey, Lance Stroll could very well be in the conversation for career-saving points in that main race. He got some very handy points for us. Oh, he could well. He could well. Uh, It brings on the main race, but obviously just, uh, just, oh, it's been a pretty pretty podcast, so we're only 25 minutes in, and we're already, like, through three different key sets. A little breezy, can, bit of an achy breaky you know, heart, brother. Um, I, I reckon we're probably going to be talking about this main race for, what, 40 minutes, an hour? <laughs> minus 40 minutes, an hour? Oh, there's so much to unpack. Well, look, let's start with the big takeaways. I had three things written down that I wanted to talk about in terms of this race slash the weekend as a whole. We're kind of like that. First one. Is this... We, we've spent the last few rounds, we've come out and been like, oh... Where does this fall in, like, best races of the season in, in the case of, was it what? Was it Suzuka or Singapore? What was it? Singapore was the absolute banger where we are like, is this the race of the season? Yeah. Uh, complete opposite. Is the, where does this fall in terms of worst races of the season? Jesus. Was this the worst race of the season? I'm going to go no, because there's been a lot of bad ones. It's it'll it'll probably take a podium position, but I, I still think Azerbaijan takes it. I mean, Emilia Romagna wasn't great. <laughs> Didn't it? <laughs> it's been such a long season, and I put so much out of my mind. I was just like, yeah, Imola probably will. Actually, you know what it is? It's just I have such low opinion of Imola as a racetrack in modern Formula One that I was just like, yeah, Imola probably was a shit race. <laughs> Always yeah, is. unless unless Bottas and George get into an absolute scrap. That was still a shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was just been an entertaining moment. But no, I'd say I'd say Baku because we had so much expectation on it being good and so much hype. You say that, but I carry those same expectations for Coda. Coda's mm. been pretty much a good Grand Prix every year we've done this podcast. And before we started doing it, it's always normally delivered. This was just, I don't know whether it was because it was so hot and tires were naff. Or whether it's just that season when Max is so... But it wasn't even... Like, Max, this was not a biblically dominant Max race. This was probably the closest. I mean, because he only won by two seconds. It got spicy at the end because of things. But there just wasn't... A, I just didn't feel like there was a lot happening on track for most of the race. There was some mini battles A lot of the overtakes there. were undercuts. Yeah. Like, Max got past... All of them by undercutting? No, no, no. He oh, got past he overtake, he crucially Lewis by undercutting. He didn't quite get past Norris. Say, but he, he did, yeah, so he was going to so we did overtake Norris, but it wasn't particularly difficult overtake. No, because so. they were on a different tyre strategy. Norris was on the hards and Max yes, was on the mediums. Yes. So that was talking point one. Just not a great race. <sighs> not a lot happened. 
Whoa. <laughs> well, by talking point two, actually, we've got to do the correct order. So, the big thing that came out after this race. So, Max Verstappen won, and we can circle back to some of it. 50th win of his career. He did. He won ahead of Hamilton by just 2.2 seconds. And actually, I think he dropped under two seconds at one point. Because he, all race, seemed to have some kind of brake issue that just seemed to get worse and worse. So, he was having to possibly do a bit of a lift and coast into corners. Couldn't get the full maximum of the brake pedal. Uh, he was fucking jumping down GP's throat yeah. every time. Fuck, let's have those memes. POV, you just spoke to Max as he was breaking. Yes, uh, the, the memes have been uh, all over Every it. time. GP Better memes like, than uh, race, like, giving, giving, uh, giving, that always is for the bad ones. Giving gaps to Hamilton and Max. Just like, don't fucking talk to me in the breaking GP. Just upset, don't. Stop. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it allowed Hamilton to close right back up. So just 2.2 seconds in the end. Uh, Lando Norris would cross the line P3 some 10 seconds back. Having led a lot of the race, he obviously he started on that more favourable P2 line, the inside line, yeah. uh, for this race. And whereas Max uh, escorted Charles basically into the shadow realm in the sprint race, <laughs> which not enough people talked about in all honesty, I don't think. Just how hard across Max forced Charles. Max loves that shit, doesn't he? Like, his protection on, on opening laps is insane. Charles Charles gave a lot more room to Norris, who, as people normally do, P2 ended up leading through turn one and off for the first while. He uh, danced off into the distance, and Charles began his steady march back down the, the wrong direction through the pack. Yes. But as we said, Verstappen nicely undercut a couple of them, including Hamilton in the first set of stops. Got past Norris pretty easy, and then covered off Norris when he pitted uh, to try and undercut back. And, you know, the commentators built up a bit. They're like, oh, well, he probably, you know, he's still not ahead, but he, he was closer than he probably was before the pit stop. It was like, yeah, cool, cool, um, David and Martin. He was back at eight seconds. Now he's closed that back to, oh, no, four seconds. And, oh, look, it's going back the opposite direction straight away. We need a David and Martin buddy cop movie at some point in time. I think that would be great. Uh, but yeah, Lewis would find his way past Lando. He Mercedes did have pretty solid pace, all things considered. Well, Lewis did at least. Oh, no, Lewis was fantastic. Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. If they got the strategy right and didn't attempt the one stop, uh, data suggests that Lewis lost approximately six to nine seconds via that decision. Oh, so that's he, actually true. This was one of those. Yeah. Yes. Because he was on them. He was on them for you. Fucked. He was on. He was one of on on one of his. You know. You you really fucked me here, guys. Yes. Rants during the race. And normally, as a Formula One driver, in the heat of the moment, that and like I'm, uh, I'm happy to be less critical of him now. Now that he's not winning as much, I'm happy to take a much more balanced look at him. He's also doing lots of um, like you know uh, humanitarian oh, work yeah. and shit. But he's always been doing that, and he just won too much. I didn't care. Right. Now I'm happy to look at. He's not. He's not winning, which makes him infinitely more likable, and I'm able to look through it through him through significantly less rose tinted. Is he already taking the Vettel the Vettel path of becoming a, a more preferred driver on the grid? More preferred, he uh, he's never going to be able to get to like Vettel levels of is this guy the most likable driver, my favorite driver in Formula. Right. He'll never get to that. But could he? Could he eclipse a few of the just I don't care about them down the back? Sure thing. Yeah. Could see easily eclipse Kevin Magnuson. <laughs> he's not already eclipsed Kevin Magnuson for you. He probably already has. Eclipsed you Kevin hate Magnuson, Kevin Magnuson. You know, old Lancey Stroll. Yeah, but I've also really hated Lewis Hamilton for a very long time. Yeah, fair enough. But the point being, so he, he often goes on these where he's like, oh, you guys really fucked me here. And a lot of the time, I feel like he's proven wrong. The strategists do know what they're talking about. Absolutely, I think this is one way they're right. Lewis was like, yeah, guys, I think you made it a bit hard for me here. And yeah, if you're saying lost six to nine seconds in that area where they had him hang out there to see if he could, you know, somehow one-stop it. Yeah. Lost by 2.2. Obviously, he yeah, would have still had the caveat, or even if he even if he caught Max. 
would he have been able to pass him? Correct. Because I think he probably started his charge back at max from a decent way back. It wasn't like he started at four seconds back and would have been ahead of him with normal things. He was behind Max after that first stop. Yeah. And also, like, how much was Max coasting because of that braking issue and, and the ride height stuff? It could have at least given us a, a mock interesting race with him pressuring him, even if he was never any chance to get by. Agreed. But the big thing that would come out after it, I also see Norris closing out the podium, Sainz, Perez, Leclerc, P6, Russell, Gasly, Stroll, and Sonoda across the line, P10, correct? Correct. A very accomplished drive from Yuki, I thought. With the fastest lap as well, because somehow he'd managed to, which was this is a big surprise to me, and considering he crossed the line still 12 seconds ahead of Albon. Yeah. So he crossed the line 12 seconds of Albon, Plus a fucking pit stop. There was a huge drop-off from the 10 to the Williams. Oh, massive. When you consider that Sonoda would have been a lot up closer to Stroll, who was 48 seconds off the lead. Albon, 86 seconds off the lead. Almost 40 seconds behind Lance Stroll. There yeah. was a, just an enormous gulf between the 10 and the, not the 10. <laughs> I could, I mean, I could say that the Alpha Towers looked quick this weekend, but Ricardo was nowhere, so I probably shouldn't say yes. that. Uh, but yeah, so Sonoda was able to pit get that free pit stop and pit that fastest lap of the race at the end, which was exciting to see. Took him from one to two points. Or did it? No! Post-race, and I actually discovered this before I finished watching the race, but I was like, yeah, it was such a shit race. I did as well. And I was like, oh, Hamilton and Leclerc disqualified post-race for... um, too much, was it like too much wear on the underside of the car? No, 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 no. no. It's a classic plank issue. Yet another plank. It's always the planks at fault. So uh, their skid blocks were too close to the ground. Where would you rate planking amongst all the viral internet trends of the 2010s? Very low. <laughs> Very, really? Very low. The really? plank was not a it fun thing. The plank was shit. It was a huge craze, though. Yeah, that doesn't mean it was good. Were, I feel like a really high, high, high ceiling, low floor. A good plank. <laughs> Planking in a genuinely, how the fuck did you get there in the first place? Like on the ceiling, for example. Like on top of like... Yeah, I don't quite know how you'd manage to plank on the ceiling. That's that's defying gravity. (laughs) But yes. Or like on top of like a flagpole or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like that's actually like, yeah, fair enough. Any plank that could possibly kill you, kind of impressive. Um, When you just went and planked on a bench, it's like, okay, you're just laying on a bench on your stomach. Yeah. Bit dumb in it. Cool. Look, I'll always have a soft spot for the dab, so I'll I'll have that up there. <laughs> I want to call the dab a viral trend, but in what? the same way as like planking or like get hyper or fucking like. You think you have dab like less viral than get hyper? Oh, it was viral. I was thought that was um, what was the the Harlem Shake? That's what I'm thinking of. It was viral, but it wasn't. It wasn't the same kind of like oh like. It wasn't the dabbing challenge or anything, but like no. these were those like things where you go around it without. But yes, no, dabbing was a massive craze, but like that was more in the same vein as like the TikTok dance moves, like hitting the Quan and like the Nene. <laughs> that's what I, that's the category I put dabbing. Two dances that came out before TikTok, of course. <laughs> yeah, sorry, they were. I went to TikTok. They were, they were big, no, both of those were Vine. Yeah, actually, yeah. No, they were OG Vine trends. Gotta hit the quan, baby. Truly, I... Oh, but Matthew, Matthew, do you know how to Dougie? I don't. Neither. Off the top of my head. <laughs> I know that. I know the... I know it teach me how to Dougie, but no one ever did. 
sometime, someday we will find someone to teach you how to doggy and your life will change forever. <laughs> do, do you know that um, one of the biggest reasons, besides the fact that he was the antagonist in the Broncos Super Bowl victory, one of the biggest reasons I actually very much disliked Cam Newton for most of his career the dab? is because he's, he's honestly the guy who popularized the dab. Uh, no, he's not. He he was. He did it within the NFL, but the dab was already popular for a that. big swathe of audience. That it was there. You, I think you, as someone who was no way in the NFL at that time, I'm definitely undervaluing. Certainly within America, the impact that Cam Newton having that did because the NFL is ridiculous globally. I'm not going to try and claim Cam Newton. That's like all the people claiming that um, the NFL is making Taylor Swift more famous, <laughs> which is some guy. I found a clip. Some guy, uh, some boyfriend who was jealous. His girlfriend was like, "Yeah, Taylor Swift's like bigger than the NFL," and the dude was like so incredible. Just like, what the fuck are you talking about? And as an NFL fan, I watched that and was just like, "You're a fucking idiot." Of course, Taylor Swift is big. <laughs> Go to basically any country outside of the US, and there's like a genuinely fifty percent chance they don't know what the fuck American football is. There's like probably like a ninety percent chance that you know some kid in Africa with no internet connection has heard of Taylor Swift. Yeah, uh, but he, he, you're undervalued. You're claiming that I was not in the NFL at the at, well because I wasn't. I wasn't following the NFL at the time. But you were also not following hip hop at the time, and it was it was this rappers who invented the dance. This dab. is true. So you got a courtesy. The the Migos made it uh, popular I- initially. Um. In no way am I claiming that Cam Newton invented it. I know he didn't, but I think he took it to a big mainstream audience. The Migos are very popular, Matthew. Do you know who? Oxygen oh no, no, is? I know. I, I, in absolute conjunction, but take off. You, rest I know in who. Peace? I know who. I know who the Migos are. That's oh, good. Uh, if you was it bad and bougie? Was that their song? Yes. Nice. Yeah. Fucking thank you, thank you. But I think combination of the two things. But like I was at. Cam Newton made the dab very, very big in his circle. He did. And I've never liked the dab. It took me a very long time to even hit a dab, and I reckon I've only hit two in my lifetime. Fun fact, Jeremy Hill was actually the first NFL player to hit the dab as a celebration. It wasn't Cam Newton, but Cam Newton obviously made it more well, there popular. you go. The difference is that uh, Jeremy Hill, rather irrelevant. Cam Newton, league MVP that season. Quite. yes. Uh, had a run to the Super Bowl, and then got scared of Von Miller in a ball, and lost. And we thank him for that every day. Is anyone in a Formula One known for dabbing? Uh, Dabiel Ricardo, not maybe? In the, <laughs> not, in, not in the conventional sense. Um, <laughs> Charles Dabcler. Max Verstappen was having to dab the brake pedal this weekend. Dablos Science. <laughs> uh, regardless, the key thing here is Lewis and Leclerc would be disqualified which obviously bumped Lando up to P2. Carlos Sainz, the king of the podium without ever standing on the podium. This is definitely the second time he's had it. I think this is the third time he's had it in his career now. Yeah, I think so. He's crossed the finish line off the podium. And for the second time in his career, it's been because of Lewis, because that's who it was in um, Brazil the first time it happened. Yeah. When uh, Gasly... Gasly finished P3, got promoted to P2. Don't you mean Pierre Dabley? Oh, true. Um, And then Dablos Sainz finished P4 (laughs) and promoted up onto the podium. I think it's happened one other time as well. So three times now in his career, Carlos Sainz finished P4 and got a podium, Um, which is one of the strange... That'll be a great pub trivia question one day. Oh, yeah. Another fun one is that Lando Norris now has 12 career podiums, which is one short of whose record for most podiums without a win? Well, most podiums... 
I was about to say Hulkenberg, he never got a podium. Yeah. Um, is it like a re, re, like recent or like way back? Semi-recent, yeah. 2000s, I think. It, Nick Heidfeld? Yes. Good, good, yeah, good well, work. He, he's, he was the king of most races without a... He was the king of most everything without a win for a very, very long time. Like when I came into Formula One, Nick Heidfeld was for me like the original hasn't won a race. Been here and that. Um, Nick Heidfeld, obviously, genuinely iconic for, as we all know, being the uh, fastest in the wankings. Yes. Probably Nick Heidfeld's career highlight. So um, brutal on Nick Heidfeld. I liked Heidfeld, though. He was a good bloke. He was a good, decent guy. Decent guy. He was a good bloke to have a beer with. Yeah, exactly. Gasly to, Gasly to um, P6, Russell P5. As you said, Stroll went all the way from ninth to 7th, up to 6 points. Big, big, big for Sonoda, because it meant his 2 points became 5 points. 3 extra points moving up those 2 spots to P8. Meant another cheeky bit of points for Alex Albon. Bumped up from 11th to 9th with the 2 points. But the big one, I've already dropped it once in this show. And you know what? If I can click onto it quick enough, which I can, Huge. I'm going to drop it again. Because in P10, scoring one point, Logan Sargent. Oh, it's the little yeah. bald eagle at the end of it that's so amazing. That's oh, what yeah, makes it every time. It's, just the, it's the eagle cry at the end. Uh, yeah, Logan Sargent bumped up from P12 to uh, P10. Scored his first career points, which yeah. means um, in his home Grand Prix, so that's awesome. You'll love to see that. Uh, I think this is categorical proof that sport is scripted. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a, a been, good season been, for that because Yuki scored points in Japan and I, I believe I've Oscar been scored points back in Australia as well. Of sport being scripted for well, my whole lifetime, I'm like, this is that's just ridiculous. I obviously not, but you know what? Logan Sargent getting bumped up to the most unlikely of points in his home Grand Prix. Uh, I'm starting to think maybe sport is scripted. Yeah. Has anyone checked? I know the NFL is technically classified as entertainment, which means they can script it if they want to. Has anyone checked if Formula One's listed as a sport or as entertainment under like its trading things? Uh, I'd like to know. <laughs> Proud of him. Good, good, good for, good for Logan. Grand Prix. Oh, that's what it was. So I'm now technically counting. I know, obviously, DeVries did not score a point, and so far Ricardo has not scored a point. But with Logan's side scoring a point, as far as I'm concerned, everyone on the grid, certainly every car on the grid, has received points this season. We have 20-point scoring drivers. Every yeah. single piece of machinery... Ricardo's yet to do it in the second half of Tauri, and obviously DeVries did not do it, but Liam Lawson got the second half of Tauri into the point. So every single car, 20 drivers, has scored points this season. A great call. Which means I think that, that bold prediction's finally paid off. Congratulations. Season, Hell that. yes. Didn't seem, didn't seem likely for a long time they did with how poorly DeVries was doing and also how poorly Sargent was doing, but hey-ho, hey-ho. It's come off importantly for Sargent. It means there is now absolutely no chance DeVries can finish ahead of him in the standings. Exciting. Uh, Deserve. Probably a good chance that he could end up finishing ahead of DR as well now. Uh, yeah, well, especially if Ricardo maintains this form because he was a little bit abysmal in America. So, yeah, agreed. Obviously, we've got, what, four races now. Mm. Now, a big thing that I've said, we said this, this point was big for a lot of drivers. One of those for Sonoda, this... What completely changes? This is more than doubled his points tally, hasn't it? It's it has. From, yeah, three to three to eight. Massive. Left him ahead of Joe, clear of Magnussen. 
now actually got a bit of a margin to Liam Lawson's five fucking races. Yeah. Uh, also big for Sergeant, first ever points. Another man it was huge for, Sergio Perez, who would have been on to score eight points to Hamilton's 18, which would have meant he lost, what, 10 of his 30-point lead he had? You are a mathematic wizard, sir. Uh, which for one of five races, that's a big deficit to already drop. Instead, 12-point swing in Perez's favour. Now Hamilton needs, like, what, like 45 points or something? What is the gap? The gap is, sorry, the gap is now 39 points with four races to go, which means if Hamilton P2's every race, all Perez has to do is finish... Like P five in every race, and he would get yeah ten P five gets him ten points. If Hamilton comes second every race and Perez can finish an average P P five all four races, he holds on, which yeah. means he keeps his seat. There was there, there wasn't and any he, quantifier. He has to win in Mexico, so he surely will. Hold yeah, on. there wasn't any quantifier of how close it wasn't. Oh well, if you only beat Hamilton by a point, we'll still give the seat to Ricardo anyway. It was just that you got to beat Hamilton. Yeah, which is huge. And also makes what I'm about to ask you a moot point. Now, we've got four races for DR to turn things around. He finished in what? He was last of the running drivers. Yes, he was. P15, last of the running drivers. A lap down behind Joe and Magnussen, notably Bottas, Hockenberg. You're only ahead of Ocon, Piastri, and Alonso. Whoever CBS said Ocon and Piastri, not talked about it. They had that first lap contact, which gave them both damage. Uh, Alonso. A very innocuous bump as well to retire both cars. It was a little touch. Very weird. Because it, it put a put a hole in Ocon's side pod from memory. Mm-hmm. And I can't actually remember what the damage was to Piastri, but it was an... Oh, it um, broke a radiator or something, didn't it? Yeah, it some shit like issue. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think Alonso just retired from being depressed at how shit his race was going. Yeah. Really, see, we're seven laps to go. We no. So I'm, yeah, I'm just going to assume oh, it was. It done. was Alonso's first retirement of the season. I had it written down. Um, God damn it. What was it for? Yeah, dropouts in floor performance was what they went with. That's fair. I want to know. He was going to no- get points. Yeah. In the notes. Oh, jeez, I didn't even realize that. There you go. In the notes at the bottom, they have Sonoda scored an additional point for fastest lap of the race. And I'd love to know if that note's there for every week that Max has done it, or if it's just so notable that Sonoda did it, that like, people are going to be really confused why he has five points, not four, that they uh, need to uh, make that caveat that, you know, Sonoda scored the fastest lap of the race. But let's just pretend fictional universe where Perez goes on to have a mare. He DNFs a couple of these. Hamilton's got good pace. It pays off. Hamilton does run him down, beats him, and so bloody Helmut and uh, Christian Horner come in, swing the metaphorical or possibly just actual forical axe, uh, beheads Sergio Perez. That seat is vacant. Now it's they've said it's going to Daniel Ricciardo. Yep. Is that? Ignoring the fact that I think Kibi putting promoting Ricardo over Perez is possibly stupid in itself, regardless of whether Perez gets caught by Hamilton or not. Are they promoting the wrong driver? <laughs> I know um, I know neither of us think Yuki's like hot shit or anything. But is Yuki a better driver than Daniel at this point in their careers now? In which case it should be Yuki in the car? Yeah, and considering Liam beat Yuki, then it should be it should be Liam. <laughs> it should be Liam. I'm fine. I'd be at least fine because I just 
And this is why my point is it should be Lando Norris or Perez. If you can't get Norris, it should just be Perez. Yeah. I just don't think Ricardo. Like, fundamentally, I get it. I get why it's Ricardo, but I just don't think we're getting that Daniel Ricardo again. We're not seeing it. Maybe he'll turn around. But, like, he was okay. He kind of half beat Yuki. He was kinda, but, like, he wasn't... When he was beating Yuki, it was nothing with, like, super impressive. Yuki's come out here and not just beating Ricardo. He's actually Soundly. really turned it on and had a really good result. Impressively yeah. beat Ricardo. And that, like, Ricardo didn't show a lot in the two races he had. Then he's missed all that time. Now he's back. He's not showing something again. He's got four races to really figure and find it out. And I think it's going to be a moot point. But it even begs the question of why is Ricardo in this car not Lawson? Yeah. And Lawson <clears throat> Lawson came in way more running than Ricardo. And yeah, he'd been consistently running in a race car all season, but not in a Formula One car. You're going to give him more time. You, you do need that. to give him more time. Um, and there are qualifiers to this Ricardo performance that I'll get more into later when we hit send it. But yeah, of course, like, I, I've already gone on the record as saying that I think Lawson should have remained in that seat for the rest of the season. I think it's just... Oh, I don't even know about for the rest of the season because I think you, you've got to see what Ricardo has. Mm. Like, they've got that... But I don't like how early they made the decision, the decision. And whether it's because they were worried if they didn't, like, lock in Liam as their contracted reserve driver for next season or something, that someone else would poach him. But I still think someone else could, regardless. I just, why make that decision with five races still to go, or six races, whatever it was, because it was before Qatar and that, that Ricardo's in the seat with um, Sonoda, Lawson's a reserve driver. Why yeah. not let Ricardo come back? Let the five final races play out. And if you're like, oh, geez, Daniel has just lost it, then go, Daniel, we thank you for your service. You know, wish him his best, all the best in his future endeavors. Send him off to AEW and put Liam Lawson in the seat. Bloody hell. I feel like Daniel Ricardo, he's, he's too big of a draw. He'd go to WWE. Triple H will work wonders with him. He'll be chucked you into say a that, but like. Hunter. Punk, Edge, John Moxley, Chris Jericho, they're all in AEW, were in AEW. Mm-hmm. Big draws go to AEW at times. Be their typical yeah, but they're that. the hardcore guys. Ricardo is not a hardcore character. Ricardo's a flamboyant, cutesy tootsy, lovable charmer. I mean, more, Jericho more. was a lot of that in WWE, but that's fair. fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. On that side, though, AEW was able to book Jade so much better than WWE's been so far, which is incredible. Look, Jay hasn't wrestled a match yet. Everyone's been. I know that's ridiculous. AE, she came into AEW and they were like, "Boom, have a belt." WWE's like, "Oh yeah, let's have you walk around backstage and be like, hi Charlotte, I'm Jade." That's it. Not that's not at all what's been happening. You clearly have not been reading the comments. Everyone is enjoying it so far. You're a you're an old man. I've been listening to a podcast that hasn't been enjoying it. No, they're English. It's not. Good. It's not a hundred percent English. That's yeah. I trust them more than the fucking Americans. So like, <laughs> report who's like, oh yeah, fucking yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what Americans do. Yes. Pretty much, yeah. They're not. That, that's all their six brain cells combined for the whole country. Jesus good Christ. God, Red Bull's on. The Red Bull has officially that they've doubled Mercedes points tally now. They're seven hundred and six place three forty four. Yeah, um, McStappen uh, broke his in-season record for most points scored uh, that he set last year. In, in didn't Boston. even didn't even think about that factor. Hamilton scores no points, which means Mercedes get just ten to Red Bull's 
37. Mm-hmm. There's a, they're going, they're going to, what did I work out the gap was going to fucking be? They're going to 400 plus this. I don't know what this championship is this season. It's mental. It can confirm the um, penalties that the FIA brought on Red Bull for their um, cost cap breach last year did not do anything. Whether that's because they weren't enough or whether just Red Bull is good enough to overcome them or had already done the work and thing, but yeah. Maybe. It well, turns it out those uh, all that extra catering was worth it. But you know what I really want to talk about coming after the race? Who looked better in cowboy costume, Valtteri Bottas or Joe Guanyu? Joe. Agreed. But it's But that's the thing. The caveat here is they dressed each other. So mm. Joe looked better because Bottas has got a better eye for it. It was the vest. It was the vest. Bottas, Bottas picking out the vest for him is that one extra element. That's what really elevated Joe's look. Joe, Joe looked very good, though. I will say, he's got some modelling in him, I reckon. But not a, not a surprise that Valtteri Bottas knows how to pick out a good cowboy outfit. Oh, that, that seems on brand with naturally. the modern Valtteri Bottas. He's a fashionista. It, but now, the issue is, is he more American than Australian? No. Okay. He's That's still got that mullet, mate. That's true. <laughs> it's true. And he's dating an Australian. This is true. All right, an actual question. With Yuki getting these points, the AlphaTauri now just two points behind Haas and six behind Alfa Romeo. I'm backing them in. I think they'll they'll climb off last. I think there's a real good shout they can get Haas. Alpha, that's a long way to come, but I do think they can get Haas. Yeah, okay. Because Haas, even with their upgrades, still looks shit this, this weekend. Yes. I, I have a not actual question for you in the vein of the uh, Joe and Bodas thing. Did you see that picture from the moment floating around from I think the most recent Grow the Grid episode or whatever where they were obviously doing like baby photos of them all? Have you seen that picture of baby Valerie Bodas? I have not. And just it took there's the clip of it and it took like all of them like literally zero like you can tell like they flipped to it and all every ah. single of the other nineteen drivers is just instantly like, yeah, Bodas. Yeah, that's it's I've just I've just Googled it. That is wow. It's just, look at him! If you know what Bottas looks like, the second you see that baby photo of him, you're like, oh, that's Valerie Bottas. Like, that could be, that could be in amongst not just 20 Formula 1 drivers. That could be in, like, a compilation. Like, that could be, like, a quiz that's baby photos of, like, 500 athletes, celebrities. And you'd see that, and you'd be like, oh, that's Valerie fucking Bottas, isn't it? Straight away. So, he still looks like that, just with him a start and a mullet. Just a bit more withered. It's insane. Yes. Um, very adorable looking kid though, Valerie Bottas was. Very adorable. Shall we move on to some news? Oh, to the news! Right the news, Jashan. Let's go to the old uh, F1 Academy, which I believe wrapped up its season this weekend. It sure did. Was it someone or other Garcia or something who won the title? Marta Garcia, yes. Marta Garcia won the title. She's been leading all season. The the young Spanish driver there been very very good. She ended up winning by fifty six points ahead of Bula. Um, obviously drives for Prema. Does Miss Garcia and she and she Paris spoke Bula. about. Yep, yeah, absolutely. And she spoke about you know just um the emotions and all and all that kind of stuff and and how it was a little it was very overwhelming to say the least oh, I just the... um, Johnny Edgar's sister won, won a race this no weekend. no Johnny Ed, it's Johnny Edgar's cousin cousin okay uh, but yeah so this was obviously the inaugural season of the F1 Academy it seems to have gone down very very well uh, this was also the first weekend in um, Austin here that it was on the support bill for an F1 uh, weekend. They've normally been, you know, driving on separate weekends or in... Really? Have they not been at a single weekend so far? No. 
you know, there's... Interesting. Driven at tracks like Valencia, for yeah, example. Interesting. Uh, next season, every single F1 Academy race will be on the support bill to F1, uh, while all 10 F1 teams will provide a driver to yeah, the category. Yeah, I was about to say there was that deal it made everyone is going to have someone, and we've already seen the first affiliation. Uh, yes. Bianca Bustamante has signed with uh, McLaren. Can't confirm. People out here born in 2005. Fucking <laughs> Filipino, there you go. Didn't, I didn't realize she was from the Philippines. Ah. 18 years old, finished uh, 7 in the standings. That's not too bad. Won the race in Monza. Love to see it. Oh, very nice. Good for McLaren. Curious to see who Marta Garcia signs for because she's clearly very good. Yep. I think, I think off the top of my head from what I've seen, Garcia will probably get picked up by someone. I expect Pulling and Edgar will get picked up by uh, Academies. Yeah. If pulling as pulling already within the academy, oh, pulling's already in the Alpine academy. So oh, pulling's already there. So Alpine, Alpine's got one. Now McLaren has one. I don't believe anyone else officially has an affiliation. So it will be interesting to see where they go. Or oh, Jilks might be a member of the Aston Martin academy just based off our overalls, but hard to know for sure. Surely Jamie Chadwick's too good to drive in this uh, competition. Well, you know, Chad, Chadwick's off doing that. Chadwick, Chadwick didn't want to drive in it. She, because she's already won. She won like, obviously it's a slightly different, but like she won all those W Series titles. It yes. wasn't really. So I'm not 100% what Jamie is doing this year, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see what other, dri- other drivers get picked up. I think, as we said, Garcia definitely will. Edgar definitely will. Marty possibly by P7. Obviously there'll probably be a couple of people that come in. Uh, you know, I'd be interested to see, with this category existing, with the need to pick up and put someone in, I'd be very... Actually, because she's already in Academy, isn't she? Sophia Flush, I could see... I thought yep. Alpine, she's in Alpine. She's already in Alpine, though. So being sure if Alpine chooses to field two drivers and Flush gets pushed into the W Series, or whether... Not, sorry, the F1 Academy, or whether it's seen as still being in, you know, F3 as seen as being closer and so Flush is already considered a step above these guys. Yeah. Which I think is a possibility. So in which case it would be more interesting to see if having won, if Marta Garcia finds a seat on, you know, the F F three grid next season. Well exactly right. I know, I know Marta and, and Carlos Sainz are somewhat close, so maybe Sainz um, you know, has a word with uh <clears throat> what's his name? Fred Vasseur is like, hey, sign this girl up for Ferrari. She's pretty fucking good. And apparently Hamilton was waiting in Park Ferme for her to congratulate her on her um, inaugural F1 That's Academy You know, when he's not trying to murder Max Verstappen and then celebrating like a fucking child in front of the British crowd, he's normally <laughs> a pretty decent boy. Yeah, exactly. I'm in, looking back at it now, I'm happy to say that was, a, that was such a weirdly out-of-character Lewis Hamilton moment. That season Whether was that very was just, unique. Because that was, the, that was the close the, season. Yeah. Whether that was him just letting the mask slip, or whether that was just like, or just genuinely just like an out of character, like out of character moment. There was just some weird moment of him just not thinking about the fact that oh, you know, she'd probably be concerned with Max's health, not being like, oh my god, I won my home Grand Prix for the fifty seventh time. <laughs> really weird to look back on. Yes, indeed. But um, F one Academy uh, wrapped up and uh, keen to get stuck into it next season. Bigger and better than before. Before I do send it, though, Matthew, I'm going to run you through some facts and stats. Oh, I love facts and stats. So Max won his 50th race in Austin, joining Hamilton, Schumacher, Vettel, Big and Post in the club. Big man. I'm going to ask you a question. 
Is there anyone on the grid or in F2 slash F3 who you are happy to tip as the next guy to get to 50 wins? I think you know the answer to that question. Apart from Oscar Piastri. I think you know the answer to that question. <laughs> Oscar Piastri? No! I, no, I, I think you know... Well, yeah, I would tip Oscar Piastri to do it. Abso oh! I'm, I'm, no, we should talk about this on the other podcast when it actually happens. No, I'm about, I'm about to talk about it. Don't spoil it for oh, okay. me. Okay, sorry. Sorry, I didn't realize. Incended or in its own thing? Right now. Oh, okay, there you go. Ah, oh, so that's who you're tipping, is it? Yes. <laughs> um, I, I think we all know it's Oli, Oli Bannon. Um, I yeah. think there's a really good chance that Piastri does get to 50 race wins if he makes the right moves, but. Behrman for my Piastri and Behrman are the two best talents under the age of let's say how old's Oscar? Is Oscar still twenty? Is he twenty one? Twenty one, I think. Twenty two. Oh, oh shit! 22. What an old fuck. Oscar is twenty two. They're the two best talents under the age of Oscar. Mm. Uh, Oscar, yeah, Oscar and Younger, the two best talents for mine are Oscar and Ollie. Now, someone like Bogdanovich or other people who are even further. Now I've seen Bogdanovich now, and I've caught a bit on him. But people yeah. further back down the pipeline that I've not seen, could that? But of talents I've seen, it's Piastri, Bamman, take your pick for mine. Uh, I think both could do it. What about this guy? Who, <laughs> it's a bit of a what about this guy? Shout out to No Dunks. Uh, get us on the podcast. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's do a no, a no Breaks episode with um, Trey Kirby sometime. It'd be great. Oh, um, absolutely. Andrea, Kimmy, Antonelli. All right. Can't, yeah. The next wonder kid up, the next wonder kid, allegedly in the pipeline, um, apart from Baganovich, of course, who's Ferrari's uh, wonder kid after Behrman. He's the Mercedes wonder kid. He's been jumped from F3, uh, no, sorry, jumped from Freck. He's won the Freck season this year. Yeah. All the way up okay, to so F2. Okay, so I've not paid attention with his results in Freck. So he's won Freck, as we probably all expected. He's won Freck. He's going straight to Prema to, to drive an F2 this season. I can't believe that. He's just... 17 years That's old. That's insane. This is obviously... This is the level of the hype on him. And, I mean, obviously, we all know... I think both you and I would have guessed, most likely, regardless of whether or not he wins the title, which now does seem unlikely. I don't think either of us feel Vesti is someone we'd be looking at to come back for a third year. No. Um, given that. Do you see uh, Dennis, Dennis Hauger? He's um, cutting ties with Red Bull, but he has confirmed he will be back in F2 next season. Wow, I did not see that. That's juicy. Uh, the F2 grid juicier than the F1 grid yet again. I think I think this is also a sign with these two moves that probably... Fuck. You know what? I might have time on Tuesday, or I might be able to have a day off on Thursday next week, Carl said, uh, in and around the concert, I reckon we probably need to double dip and do the review episode and do the F2, F3 grid episode Yeah. next week. Pump it out before everything gets announced. One milli. I can't believe that. But I'm so, because I'm assuming Behrman, I don't know why Premier wouldn't want to retain Behrman as the best talent in the category to roll back. Mm -hmm. that, that's a fucking cooked, cooked drive. Oh, it's up. insane. Behrman it? and Antonelli, yeah. you potentially, obviously on that, if Behrman does what I think he could do next season and real barnstorm a title, and Antonelli does what I think we think he could do next season in terms of a rookie campaign, Prema could be about to roll out a driver lineup of two of the five best drivers to ever jump into an F2 car in, like, the last decade or whatever. Yeah. have come through. Like, these two... Because there's a genuine potential possibility if they're... 
if Bearman delivers on what I think he is, and if Antonelli delivers on what everyone thinks he is, the like top five you go through that come through it: Charles, George, Oscar, Ollie, Kimmy. Yeah, and they could both, as in Andrea Antonelli. Yeah, they yeah, could yeah. both be in the both be in that Prema car next season at the same time. This like if if Ollie's announced, I think we're both going to have to sit there on whatever preview episode we do. And we're going to have to come up with a new scale when we go, what driver lineup are you most excited for? Because yeah, because Prema will just be, like, fucking up there. You know? I think I think the question will have to be, ignoring Prema, which is the single most exciting driver lineup he offered in the history of any motorsport category ever. Yeah. What lineup are you most next most excited for? Yeah, exactly. What it's Which mental. bunch of fucking mid-normies kind of tickles <laughs> your fancy? <laughs> Mid normie, so harsh, so harsh on Zane Maloney. Oh gosh, uh, but not 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 inaccurate. That's, yeah, this this kid. But yeah, no, he's he's coming. Be a beast. In, in before fucking, <laughs> he goes straight. Wins F two title next season, and Mercedes just come out and announce that Lewis Hamilton is being forced to retire. Yeah, <laughs> just put him in the car with George as a fucking eighteen. The second he turns eighteen, is eligible. Just all right, fucking in we go. Let's or they just turf out George. Fuck it. Send George yeah. back down to Williams. Relegate him. <laughs> oh, a George Albon battle would be fascinating to watch. Um, nah, it'd be so good. We'll, we'll get our first chance to see uh, Andrea in action at the Yas Marina uh, rookie test. So that'll be fun to see how he goes with the, uh, the the slightly bigger boys. But regardless, to wrap things up, I think we do send it. Did I send it or did I... Oh, send it! I absolutely agree. Fantastic. A cheeky little preview, because we do have Mexico this weekend. Mexico! It's a triple header. That's a good point. <clears throat> so this is the segment where I rattle off a few headlines from the hot world of Formula 1. Matthew is going to pick one that he would like to talk about, and I would like to pick a steamy boy that I want to yeah, dive into. Mm, I love a good dive. So good. Headline number one, courtesy of SEN. Mm, why boring and ineffective Formula One sprint races should be scrapped. This courtesy of Lawrence Rosen. Headline number two from oldfaithfulnews.com.au. Uh, Matthew Sullivan on this one. Daniel Ricciardo's nightmare in F1 return as teammate rubs salt in the wound. Hello, number three from Speed Cafe and Ian Parks. Bumpy Coda to undergo second major resurfacing in two years. Not, uh, it's pretty much um, what it says on the tin there. Hello, number four from The Race. F1 penalty rules are forcing premeditated illegal overtakes. Ed Straw smashing it out as usual. And finally, from the official F1 website, who do not credit their articles with the writers, ASAP Rocky, named creative director of Puma and Formula One's partnership. Woo! Some juicy well, boys, Matt. Gee, it was it was 100% the penalty thing until bloody ASAP Rocky. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'll leave, I'll leave ASAP Rocky to you. What, okay. exact, what exactly is Ed Straw getting at here? That's true. Okay, so <laughs> this is um coming from the McLaren boys. So Piastri and Norris have both been vocal about this, and he believes that with the track limits breaches, drivers are willing to take a time penalty deliberately because doing so when completing a pass is a positive for their race. 
Um, so, for example, Piastri was an, a victim of an illegal overtaking move, courtesy of George Russell. We've already talked about this on this podcast. Um, Five-second pen for, for, for Russell, eventually. But um, obviously we know that Russell eventually finished ahead of Piastri anyway. Yes, and I, I think by the time, very quickly, like Oscar lost another position or two straight after that, so there was no mm. way George was giving it back, so he just went off. Off he went. Yeah, exactly. And he, they, basically the argument is that the five seconds just isn't enough of a penalty for someone driving off the track and gaining that position. That's the point. Um, just on the caveat of penalties, you see as well the news this week that um, F1, for, I think for next season, quadrupling the maximum fine amount from 250000 to a million. Golly. For drivers. Have you not seen that? No. I mean, oh, the mate. They, they get paid enough, so it shouldn't Keep be matter. Oh, like, absolutely. It's not like that. But it's also just, like, as I sort of said, like, as a few of them said, like, Max said, oh, you get 50k for touching someone's rear wing. Like, physically as a driver after the race or something. What the fuck is the penalty that gets you a million dollar fine? Like, yeah. what is someone doing? Like, is that if you, like, walk up to your rival in the paddock and blow their head off? Just Formula 1 go, ah, come on, mate, we can't be having that. Million dollar fine, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Like, what are you finding someone a million dollars for? Or is it just everything's going to scale up? But in that case, what was the 250k fine for? Yeah. Is is a million dollars going to be if you wear a rainbow shirt in like Saudi Arabia? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I genuinely I don't like. Again, it's not like I'm like, oh, this is too much money to be fined. And they're Formula One drivers. Even Logan Sargent, I imagine, can afford it now. He's been in the sport for almost a year. Yeah, yeah. But it is a kind of like, yeah, what what are you what are you doing in the context of Formula One that is fineable to a million dollars that wouldn't carry enough where who really cares about the fine because like i just can't think of anything that wouldn't also carry like or should carry you know criminal charges that's worth finding a driver a million dollars for yeah maybe track limits like, blatant, like i don't know do, do, you, <laughs> do you if we have another instance of nelson pk jr following team orders and running into a wall does he yeah. also get fined a million dollars or something like I don't know. every time it's you weird. go off the track you get a million dollar fine it's <laughs> Everybody, everybody, like, these some of the highest paid athletes in the world, fucking all of them broke after Austria every season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, please, 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 please. I mean, you pick what article you want, mate, but please pick the ASAP Rocky one. <laughs> you know I'm going to. It's ASAP Rocky. Yes. But also, just, so, just on Ricardo, basically he had a, a bit of debris stuck in his car the entire race. So as a caveat to how bad he was. Now, just to be clear, the adding salt to the wounds was just because Sonoda did well, right? Like, I've not missed no, something where no, Yuki Sonoda so, fucking what? walked up to Ricardo after the race and did, like, the bloody Fortnite L dance. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's a nice callback to our previous conversation about dancing. Nice. Thank uh, you. No, thank you. Ricardo set the fastest lap of the race in the second last lap after they oh. him. <laughs> <laughs> And then Yuki beat him. <laughs> You know what? That's not adding salt to the wound. That's a dick move if Ricardo was running like seventh. <laughs> Ricardo, it didn't. Ricardo couldn't get the point anyway because he's not in the top ten, so he's not eligible for it. Exactly, exactly. So that's just that's just smart by AlphaTauri to let to let Yuki do it. Genius. It sounds like a uh, skill issue. An absolute skill issue. 
Oh, Jesus. Um, but no, of course, the one I want to talk about is the ASAP Rocky one. So, <clears throat> I'm going to read you this quote. I'm going to read you this quote. ASAP Rocky's fashion knowledge, style, and cultural expertise is set to help her bring a new perspective to F1's growing audience as he will be developing bespoke capsule collections designed by him that will influence the brand's seasonal design directions moving forward. Later this year, Rocky will drop an extremely limited Puma X F1 collection, and this apparel and accessories drop will provide a sneak peek into a series of the capsule collections in 2024 surrounding high-visibility F1 races. Matthew, will you be on the waiting list for the extremely limited Puma XF1 collection? I'll be honest with you, mate. I've still not found a simultaneous moment of having the budget and also having that McLaren windbreaker on top of my <laughs> list of pieces of sports merchandise to buy to have actually bought the McLaren jacket. So, no, because I still need to buy a McLaren jacket first. Mm. Indeed. <laughs> Fair enough. What if there's a really hot McLaren X Puma XF1 jacket that they release? You never know. Oh, mate, then then look, if I can find a spare several thousand dollars, I'll, I'll consider I don't think it's going to be a thousand bucks, mate. I think this is going to be in the hundreds of thousands. <laughs> I said several. I said several true, thousands. True, true. If I Look, if I get a small loan of a million dollars... Exactly right. You know, why Why put a down payment on a house when you could buy a stupid bit of clothing? <laughs> oh, do, you, do you think it, w it will attract new audiences to F1? No. Okay. <laughs> so With one word, no. <laughs> well, look, look. At the end, if, do you want me to be brutally honest here? Sure. Like... ASAP Rocky is a big man, but you know who they need to do a merchandise collab? You already know what I'm going to say, but you know who they need to do a merchandise collaboration with Did if they want to attract a new audience? Taylor Swift. I'm sorry, but the numbers don't lie. <laughs> I've seen how many... I, all my social media is, is a bunch of fucking, like, white girls who have never watched a snap of NFL football in their life. Like, buying Travis Kelsey jerseys, watching all of this. Fucking... It's a constant stream of questions to the Kelsey Brothers podcast. So people are just like, hey, I'm a Swifty. What the fuck is a field goal? What is a first down? Because they're all suddenly watching it, and they're like, okay, well, I'm going to watch it now, because A, they might see Taylor, but also, if you're a Taylor fan, they're all so committed that they're like, well, Taylor's boyfriend does this, so we must watch everything Taylor's boyfriend does. Yes. So they're going to watch the games. If we get a fucking Taylor-Taylor Swift collaboration, A, they will all buy the merch, so that'll make Formula One that sweet, sweet moolah. And B, like, we got Taylor Swift to turn up to a couple of Formula One races, wave the flag. If you told Swifties that Taylor was going to wave the checkered flag, they'd probably all watch the whole fucking race just to get that glimpse of her. Yeah. She is, she is the premier brand on the planet, and you can't deny it right now. There is no one as big as Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, my God. Kansas Taylor City, Swift I mean, should... like, obviously Pat Mahomes is pretty good, but they are making cash right now, courtesy of Travis Kelsey. Oh, yeah. Taylor Swift should honestly run uh, against Donald Trump in the GOP primaries because she's probably the only person who could beat him. Yeah, probably. Like oh. you wouldn't think a re you wouldn't think Republicans would listen and be interested in Taylor Swift, but <laughs> she's a she's the well, she's the quintessential artist that people who you'd never expect to be a Taylor Swift fans are like sneaky hidden Taylor Swift fans. No, my man John's so a huge Taylor Swift fan. He's it. going to the concert later this year. Shout out to John. Oh, is it? I, I, I still just, oh, 
I'm, I'm now it's oh so Travis Kelsey's been announced as coming on the tour. I don't know whether he'll be for the Australia dates, but coming on the international leg of the Eras tour with Taylor. Oh, and I was pissed off when Taylor only came to Melbourne and Sydney originally because I was like, dude, I wanted to hear. So I I, got, I had to sit through listening to several nights of Ed Sheeran to work it. And I was did that because I was like, look, I'm gonna hopefully at some point I'll get to listen to several nights of Taylor Swift. And you know me enough, like Taylor Swift, nowhere near my favorite artist. Didn't have a single song chart in my top 200 songs I made a few years ago. But yeah. the depth of it, I loved. I could easily listen to three straight nights of Taylor Swift or something. But if you well, told me there would also be, also be an outside chance that I'd get to bump into Travis Kelsey just walking around Suncorp Stadium because he's there with Taylor, and now I'm not even gonna get that. Come on, I've been done so dirty here. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, look, either she'd be Donald Trump or she'd lose and make the best album of all time. <laughs> yes. Uh, should we talk about Mexico? Yeah. <laughs> what a segue. Yeah, Mexican Grand Prix this weekend. Um, we're both predicting Perez to win it because you've got to make manifest things in life if you want them to happen, right? Damn straight, baby. I very recently uh, texted one of my friends saying I hoped her or another one uh, were able to call me sometime because I was just desperately wanted to talk to some people. And that day, later that day, both of them messaged me to be like, hey, do you want to call today? And I got four hours of phone calls. So you can manifest things in life. Yeah, you're just going to go out and Yeah, Sergio Perez is going to win the Mexican Grand Prix. We can speak this into existence. Okay. Believe. Believe in Sergio Perez. Uh, beyond that, yeah, Mexico's a pretty shallow track. It normally throws up a few exciting races. Uh, iconically, this was one of the most iconic moments. Where before Max Verstappen had taken his first career pole, this was one of the more iconic occasions where he didn't get it, where he yet again he set the fastest time, and then um, he'd either tr- oh he'd he'd failed to slow for a yellow flag. Yeah, uh, and you know he post race he got he got you know asked him or whatever, and he was just like yeah no I didn't slow. And you know, he had his time deleted in that because um, he's iconically Max. Yes. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm 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 moderately keen for it. I am curious just to see if Sergio, because we know he can. He did in the first couple of years. He was Max Verstappen's teammate. He possessed the ability to, on occasion, not across the whole season, but to on occasion have his day where Max was still there. Max didn't DNF. Max didn't have an absolute shocker. Max had a perfectly fine race finish P2. And Perez found that extra gear and yep. could beat him. He even Early kind of season, did it a couple of times this season. One of them, obviously, Max started from a long way back. But I think the other one, Perez just found that spot to beat him. Mm-hmm. Do we think he can find that gear again? No. Do we, yeah, do we think that gear still exists? And if it does... Can Perez in amongst his big gearbox of everything, is he actually able to pull elite tier one driver? Or is he just going to try to find it and accidentally put it into, oh, look, I'm in the fence? Uh, the second option. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going the opposite uh, way. I'm downplaying it. You're manifesting it. I'm saying there's fair no enough, chance fair enough. Ah, That's covering all our bases. That yeah, way, exactly. <laughs> That way, if he do- if it doesn't happen, neither of us can be considered at fault because it's not my fault for saying it will and jinxing it, and it's not your fault for saying it won't. It's just somewhere in the middle. This is big brain. Big exactly. brain by this podcast. 
Uh, so, so the rest of your predictions. Obviously, you're predicting Paris to finish dead last, put it in the fence, probably qualify P20 as well, I'm guessing. Correct, yep, absolutely. Uh, and your podium? Definitely going to happen. Um, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going balls to the wall. I think Max is going to take a weekend off. <clears throat> Please predict Logan Sargent to win. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I am predicting Lando Norris... To get that win and not break Nick Heidfeld's record. Uh, he's goaded right now. He's goaded right now. He's looking really good. I'll take Hamilton for second. And uh, Max is going to spin off earlier in the piece. I think what's going to happen is Perez will actually qualify second behind Max. Go for the lead opening lap. Run into Max. Perez will retire. Max will have to, you know, pit, come through the pack from last. and Max Finish will... P2. Finish third behind Hamilton Ooh. in P2 and Norris in P1. Oh, there we go. There that's we what's go. Oh, that's a big, it's, it's going to be a big swing back to Hamilton in that battle for P2. Not a good weekend for Paris when Mexico loses in his seat. <laughs> uh, also, it's we're in Mexico now, Jashan. It's not Lando Norris. It is El Lando. El Lando Norisio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to pick Sergio Perez to win. And he's going to do it ahead of Max Verstappen because I want this to be a signature one. Okay. He just he finds that gear and he beats Max. Sick. Uh, and then I think it's time. I think it's time for Nick Heidfeld to only remember for being the slowest in the Lankings. So Lando Norris will get the podium. He'll finish P3. All right. Uh, Logan Sargent to go back to back. Zero chance. Get some points. Yuki Tsunoda's going to finish eighth and overtake Haas. That's fair. No, I just think, I think there's something here for Logan Sargent because... He scored his first points at home in America. And it's just... I just feel like Mexico is just illogical. Especially, I wanted to get points... I would have liked to get points in Canada. If he'd done the, the, the like continental trifecta of scoring points in his home Grand Prix and then also scoring points in the two neighboring countries that we all know all Americans would love to secretly conquer, yep. that would have been amazing. But he will get points here in Mexico to begin that conquest. And then his next point will come in Canada next year. Yeah, like a bald eagle will fly from America and screech at yeah. him and he'll be inspired. Exactly, exactly. Because right. he knows what a fucker the kilom- a kilometer is. And I'm, yeah. I, they probably use kilometers in Mexico, so... They probably do. They uh, probably do. But, uh, yeah. I think that's all we got time for. It's it, been a, it was an interesting episode. It went off for longer than I thought it would, but I reckon that was a pretty good one. That's some fun. Yeah, good chat. Good back Absolutely. and back. Good back to forth. Back to forth. Uh, and... Oh, well, we'll just move on. Uh, as always, find us on any good podcast player and uh, on Instagram at Online Hub Media. I've been Matt. He has been Jashan. I am Jashan, yes. We're on every good podcast player except for Deezer because Deezer hates me, apparently. Deezer nuts. Because I remember the 2017 and 18 season looked promising at the start because yeah. Ferrari came out with a fucking belly full of vinegar. <laughs> Are we talking like just regular uh, cooking vinegar or like Chinese black vinegar or balsamic apple cider. vinegar? Apple cider. Apple cider. Apple fucking cider. <laughs>